Adam 12. Adam 12. Cop Talk America's on the air. Copy. Put me 10-6. I'm tuning into Cop Talk America. Welcome to Cop Talk America, where police discuss the job, answer questions, and respond to law enforcement hot topics around our great nation. With over 100 years combined law enforcement experience, here's your host... Welcome again to Cop Talk America YouTube. We're going to watch a video from LAPD where uh, we're going to see how de-escalation and less than lethal doesn't work out so well all the time. And unfortunately, we had an innocent civilian killed as a result. So take a look at this, and then we're going to talk about it. guys so what do you think um i saw there where they had an opportunity and I, I hate to monday morning quarterback officers but it's been driven into their heads especially out in california de-escalate de-escalate less lethal don't hurt anybody's feelings and you got this guy that clearly wasn't following orders you tried beanbags you tried less lethal and nothing worked you have a elderly lady that was in a, appeared to be in a walker standing right there by this kook with this knife uh it's time to kill him it's that simple they waited and unfortunately he took her as a hostage they opened fire and they hit her he was also cutting her throat they hit her and him and they both ended up dying is it, it was a horrible tragedy all the way around but i can't help but to think if this might have been 20 years ago that would have probably never happened the only death you had would have been the uh, jackass with the knife jeff you got anything to add well, it's important to note, as soon as the officers were showing up on scene, you had this guy standing there, and there's a crowd of people around him. Well, 
using our priorities of life, we already know this man's way too close to a whole bunch of people who can't defend themselves. So it's imperative for us to interpose ourselves between those folks and him. There's a woman who stays there against the wall the whole time. Why she does it, I have no idea, but she's in the way of a deadly threat from the very beginning of this thing. The officers, and this is because we don't train well enough to work in groups, but you have enough officers there that if one person had taken charge and said, we're moving forward, you two come this way, two guys try to flank him, we're going to set up an L-shaped ambush, you can't, as the bad guy, use watching straight at him and then somebody gets off to his flank so you can sit here and take that shot when you see that you're trying to use the bean bags and he's using the chair to block them well a less lethal round can also be used as a lethal round if you just aim it at his head you've got these long guns close your distance have a cover guy or two with you and then aim at the head and shoot him right in the head with the bean bag before he makes that move to go to him And unfortunately, we're second-guessing because it's quite possible the officers on the scene didn't even notice her. They're focused on him. And you get that tunnel vision, and it all goes away. All you see is him. And when he grabbed her, this is where it comes down to you need to go to the range a lot and know what you can do and what you can't do. And if you can't make that headshot, you don't pull the trigger. If you can make the headshot, then you try to pull the trigger. The firing was too fast for that type of situation. This is very much a slow, methodical, keep talking to him as you're adding the pressure and let the gun go off and take his head. Well, Jeff, that's like what you said and what we said earlier. That situation comes down to training now. Someone needed to take charge and kind of supervise what was going to be going on there because I could tell you, I think some of the firing from the handguns were because the first officer that took the shot, I think the other two that fired went after they heard a shot going off. It's now, somebody had said, somebody had said, hey, I got a headshot here. I'm going to take it. You know, let them know what's going on so the other guys would know that, hey, he's finna shoot him. And again, if you do the L shape, then if he turns towards the guy who's talking, then the other guy says, I've got it now. And perhaps it gets into his head that this is what's going to happen. But the bottom line is, it's a very fluid situation. It's very, very quick. And as we talked in the scenario prior, or the film prior to this one, it's scenario-based training. It's developing that stress, the ability to make rapid decisions in quarters of a second. It's What this is is problem-solving. We, we are not great at problem-solving under a lot of stress, and that's all a shooting is. A highly stressful situation that you have to make a decision and know what you can do and can't do. Yeah, I think the key we, you hit on earlier, and, and I recall as training, our department was pretty good about it, where there was a difference between a guy waving a knife around, standing there by himself, or had a gun in his waistband and not drawing it, and then change of scenario, he's going now running into an office building, and he turns, and you, you, we were trained to shoot him. You know, it's that simple. You cannot let these people, who's armed with something, that's not following police orders, you can't dilly-dally around with them and let them get around civilians like this because this is what you end up with. But you're, you made a good point. Uh, tunnel vision could have easily set in. These guys, might even, she was standing still with a walker in front of her. They might not even really realize she was there. Very possible. And I, like I said, I don't want to 
unless I've been in that officer's shoes, I don't want to jump all over him. So like I say, we're just looking at a video and, uh, I don't want to say that we're second guessing them, but we back early on in my career where, you know, I learned a I learned a lot lesson right off the get go about drawing that line in the sand, you know, and, uh, and then we started training a lot more of it that you got to, you got to look at the information you got going there. Those guys had a lot of information going in there that that line in the sign was drawn before they got there because he already did a stabbing. Uh, just like an active shooter going into a building or whatever. I don't care if he shoots one or just fires a gun off. He walks into a target-rich environment. That line in the sand has been drawn. We're going to deadly force. I don't think there's too much too much chance here to de-escalate a situation like that. But uh, going in there, they had that information that he'd already stabbed somebody. And when they pulled up there, there was a target-rich environment right off the get-go. I think they ran from the police more than they were running from him. But he may have been just lo- one of their local crazies, and they all were used to him. I don't know. But but uh, I think that law, the line in the sand was already there, and I think they should have attacked the situation a little bit more than what they did um, because you had a couple other victims that were in line right there and uh, going after him and separating him from the other uh citizens that were in the area um and putting them down a little bit quicker should have probably been done instead of waiting for the beanbag to arrive and and it was good good operation is very quick for to get less lethal on site i i give them credit there you can tell they had trained for that but i think that line in the sand had been crossed uh uh, before they got there and, and when they did get there, I think they should have been more more aggressive and attacked the situation. And de-escalation is another one of these catchphrases that's getting used, unfortunately started by politicians again, and then chiefs of police and other people pick up on it because we we seem to always want to somehow look like we're doing everything possible to go along with these people who are telling us how to do our job It'd be like us walking into Ford and telling them how to build a car. Okay, I haven't got a somebody clue. needs to do that. You know, so you need to have the ability to sit here and say, you know, again, it's not de-escalation; it's problem solving. Here's the problem. You know what you got to do. And as Jerry said, there is a line. We know this is what you got to do, but we're blurring that line now with these newer kids because the, all they ever hear is, well, and I hear this when I talk to them at the range all the time. I don't think the department has my back. I don't trust these guys to do this. And and that's a shame. When guys are sitting here trying to make that type of critical decision in a very critical incident, and the things that they're thinking about has nothing to do with what's going on in front of them, what will happen after this? You don't have time to worry about that. Do your job and do the th- right thing for the right reason. Let the chips fall where they're going to fall. You're absolutely well, right. Good, Jordan. Well, see, and that's where I think – uh, again, we're not trying to second guess anything that they did when I said it was just part of training because, as you all know, when we train, that's one of the things that we stress to them. You don't worry about what's going to happen later. This is what you have to do right now. You take care of the situation right now because if you don't take care of it, it may take care of you or somebody else. And that's part of training. We used to look for people who were decisive, people who were assertive, aggressive, and they would make a decision and they knew what they were going to do. They knew what they were capable of doing. We don't look for those people anymore. 
We look for people now that you have people skills. You have the ability to go into a group. And, and I'm not saying you have to be this warrior that walks around all charged up and, you know, flexing your muscles and all that stuff all the time. Anybody who's ever been in a shooting doesn't want to be in another one. But you also can't be afraid of the fact that it could happen to you again as soon as you walk out the door tonight to go to work. It's, it is the nature of the beast. Well, verbal skills are very one of the most important things that are in our toolbox in law enforcement. And having good verbal skills and being able to de-escalate, that should all be part of the package. But that package has got to be a lot bigger than just that. Yep, and, that's... and I disagree with one thing you said, Jeff, about that politicians created this de-escalation. No, there's some retired policemen that uh, went on to get college degrees and wrote books and created, and probably millionaires coming up with this de-escalation stuff. But if... I think a lot of law enforcement <laughs> cops have done a lot of things that uh, have affected us. Well, <laughs> from your from for your lips to God's you know. I agree. However. They did start it because of the quacking of yeah, what's going on. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I know you're yeah. and, and, I'll guarantee you there's a cop behind this day escalation and, somewhere. And shame on those guys that run around here making a dime on us by doing those kind of things. It's just like teaching everybody, you know, you go out and buy a SWAT game, and it shows you exactly what we're going to do when we do an entry. I'm like, why don't we just draw everything up? But yeah, that, that's you transparent. Know, well, yeah, and it's a whole different whole different world now with uh with youtube and uh the social media and everything else and uh, i agree with you i do i think when uh everybody wants to be a tv star and a movie star and you know the military does it now uh the seals do it they all do it oh yeah uh, dea undercover agents and I, that just drove me up to wall we're giving up all our secrets and how we operate undercover and how our uh uh investigations and stuff go about and everybody knows it just to make a buck. I, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that, but um, my about talking about second guessing officers. The reason I bring that up is because the one thing that is the legal definition and a lot of these uh, use of force issues is you have to put yourself in that officer's shoes. That's what the Supreme court has ruled that we can't sit there and, and, second guess and quarterback these events after until you put yourself in that officer's shoes when the stress factor is high uh, you're trying to make a split second decisions trying to put that that specific shot you know uh, a headshot in there and all that and so you got to put yourself in that officer's shoes so and that's what the legal definition is so when everybody's out there bad mouthing these cops for what they're doing and, and we have to operate under the law too and that's what the law says we have to do you have to put yourself in those officers shoes and but they got to know what their capabilities are and they got to know what they're you know, you know training for these type of events and 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 bad things happen under stressful events it's just just the nature of a stressful event so wouldn't it be nice to be able to show that video and turn it off right before the rounds start going off and ask people, what are you going to do? And then sit there and say, because you can't make the judgment after you've seen the result. You have to make the judgment before that because that's what we're asking these officers to do. You, we don't get to sit there and watch, oh, you didn't make the touchdown. Let's review the play and see what happened. And I know we've done that in our community here after the uh, Ferguson issue and the Black Lives Movement and all that, uh, where uh, all the politicians were jumping on law enforcement, you know, and you guys got to make better decisions. You got to do this. And we brought them into our uh, Sims training and said, we'll run you through the same training that we give our officers on a daily basis and uh, put you in that, that position behind that gun and make that decision. And, uh, 
we had a lot of change of hearts and a lot of change of uh, opinions on it when uh, these uh, activists were behind that trigger and had to make that decision. And they took a second look at it, and I think that'd be good training for all society before you sit there and badmouth an officer's decision. All right, well, there's our opinions on that video, and we're going to be back with another one in just a moment.